Hi everyone, it's Karen Chong. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the unconscious patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Many traditions talk about ancestors, elders, and wisdom keepers. Do these beings actually still have an impact on us today? If so, what role do they play? What makes them special? There are a lot of stories and beliefs around them, and also a pretty common misconception. In this episode, we talk about wisdom keepers, elders, and ancestors, how they overlap and how they're different, how they're helping us as we transition to the new consciousness, and how to identify a wisdom keeper and what to watch out for. After the discussion, we get to the most important part of this episode. The group frequency calibration at the end is where the frequency work happens and where change actually occurs. So be sure to listen to that. Without releasing distortion patterns targeted by the GSC, the change you want will be more difficult to attain because you haven't addressed the root of the issue. Today, in Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, we're discussing the wisdom keepers, elders, and ancestors. So, so today, this is one of my favorite topics. We're going to talk about the wisdom keepers and the ancestors. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I love it so much is I've, I've really, I've had spent some special time with um, mm -hmm. ancestral el elders, ancestors in embodiment and not in embodiment, yep. and been privileged enough to hear the wisdom. So I think my question would be, what are they? Mm -hmm. you know, really, what are they? Yeah. At a frequency level, mm -hmm. you know, what are they and how are they different? Yeah. That's a huge kettle of fish. And so what I'll say is this is my perspective based on frequencies and what I know now. Okay, so, um, yeah. And not everybody is the same, of course, right? So I'm speaking generally of wisdom keepers, but of course there's like nuance based on each individual. All right, mm -hmm. so I'm going to preface it by that. So the wisdom keepers are very special beings. They're here to hold a certain frequency resonance so that we can as a consciousness accelerate. That's sort of like a bottom line. So they hold a specific frequency resonance and a specific remembering that we as a collective can gain from. They've been waiting for this time. Mm -hmm. So they are beings that are usually of a higher order, meaning a higher frequency resonance. They came through and to have an embodied experience. And then in that embodiment, they often are elders of some kind. Mm -hmm. And some of them um, that I've met actually have intact memory. So they remember their incarnations. They remember where they come from. They're very clear on it. They may not be very public about it. Mm -hmm. They might not share it with many, many, many people at all, but it's definitely there. And so, they hold in the resonance that they are a higher level order so that we, when the time is right, can be accelerated by them, either through something that they share or simply by being in their presence. It's just like the new consciousness kids. Mm -hmm. The new consciousness kids that some of you have heard me talk about before. So a lot of people want their kids to be new consciousness kids, which I understand because it sounds really cool. <laughs> But new consciousness kids are very specific beings. They are beings that are from a higher dimensional order, a higher level of frequency resonance. And they can drop into embodiment now because consciousness is high enough that the embodiment is resonating high enough that they can sustain being in embodiment. 
It's not yeah. so dense. They can actually exist. And their function, their purpose, is in their beingness in embodiment to help co the consciousness of humanity to rise because their resonance exists in the embodiment. Mm -hmm. So the wisdom keepers and the new consciousness kids share that in common. They're very different, but they're kind of similar in that way. I was just going to say, how does that relate to the ancestors? Yeah, you know, so they have a similar function. They mm. do it in different ways. The new consciousness kids have not necessarily incarnated as much as the wisdom keepers. Ah, that's so, the key. That's the key. Got it. The wisdom keepers have been here for many, many incarnations. So they know the suffering of the illusion, yes. which we have already talked about in yes. the previous podcast. Yes. Right. Okay. Because you and I have met an elder mm -hmm. that, the way you describe it, has never forgotten yes. where he came from. That's right. Okay, and some of the stuff he shared was pretty mind-blowing. Yes. And so, I mean, he, you were saying that his purpose really is to, well, I guess you use the word entrain a lot. Yes. Is that to help us entrain? Yeah, to his resonance. To his resonance? Yeah. Or just even plant a seed yes. in the field to understand that there's more than what we think there it, is? Yes, exactly. Uh -huh. And they, because they remember and they're watching and they're more neutral than we are, so they're still having a human experience, so please know that the wisdom keepers and the elders, ex or the ancestors, whatever you want to call them, they exist on a spectrum, just like we all do, of frequency resonance. So some mm. vibrate higher than others. So I just want to say, it's not like they're one thing. There's never one thing. There's different flavors of the same thing. So they're on a spectrum. So the elder that you're referring to is actually very high in his frequency resonance. Yeah. And he remembers all these different incarnations he has, has had in this form of embodiment. Yeah meaning in, in, as a human. Yes. And so um, <laughs> he's, um, it's funny because he um, is very, he, to me, he has a very high resonance of love. So people always are attracted to him. Yeah. And um, he is love in, in a way. And I don't mean that from a human perspective. He just emanates love. Mm -hmm. So people are very attracted to him because it's a very high resonance. And um, he's uh, not as concerned with the things that most humans are concerned about. Yeah. Because he just doesn't, he realizes who he is as consciousness and he's having an embodied experience for pleasure, really. And also because his function, in part, is to help consciousness rise. He's very quiet about it, actually. Yeah. And uh, you, a lot of people would overlook him. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But um, he's very um, powerful. And what he does is he just sort of, he, he's um, kind of mischievous in a way. You know, he's he's sort of like watching to see who he's going to like drop these little mm -hmm. seeds on. He, and then he waits to see if the seed sets and grows or what happens with that seed. He's really lovely, actually. And um, anyway, so the wisdom keepers remember different pieces of different things. Okay. So he remembers a lot. Yeah. So he remembers a lot of things. He remembers that he is infinite and indestructible consciousness. He remembers that he's outside of the, like meaning the illusion doesn't have to affect him the way it affects most people. Mm -hmm. He can manipulate the illusion if he wants to. And I say manipulate as if it's negative. It's not. He just can change things. Oh, well, do you remember that story yeah. about him as a little kid? Which one? He had, he had a walking home for school and he had a massive migraine mm -hmm. and uh, he laid on on the rock or on the grass because it was like, oh, this is too much. And the sun started blasting in his eyes and he was like, no, oh, not. And he moved, he said, just move that cloud across because that light's hurting my eyes. You know, when you have a migraine yeah. and he just, oh, and the cloud moved and he just lay in the shade for a while until 
And he said it just so casually, you know. Yeah. And I, thought, I remember the time they go, <laughs> what? You can't just drop a story in like that, you know, as if it's an everyday thing. Yeah, exactly. You know? So that's what I mean by wisdom keeper. He remembers that, mm. you know. And so from a young age in this lifetime, he was able to do all that because he has a memory of it. I don't mean a memory in the same way we have memory, but he just has a knowingness yeah. that things are not the same for him as they are for other people. Yeah. And what he's concerned about is not the same as what other people are. Actually, he doesn't have that much concern, really. It's very, it's different. His view of the world is very different. And are they, so there's like, for me, the question that I had was, okay, if they are at this different level, say, mm -hmm. and they haven't forgotten, why are they here? You know, what's the purpose? Yeah. You know, why wouldn't they just go back and move on or? Because they, they know that their resonance needs to be in the embodiment to have a certain amount of transformation or catalytic force through the density. Mm. So when you're, you're not embodied and you're at a very high level order okay, of consciousness, okay, there you are out there vibrating very high level. We're very dense in the embodiment. And so it's like they're yelling through mud at yeah. us. They're like, hello, <laughs> do you hear me? And we're like, what? Yeah. Is something happening? You know, when they really like, we're kind of clueless actually, because mm -hmm. we're very like there's the density of the vibration that we are is very very heavy. So in many ways, a number of them have come into the embodiment. Well, first of all, for their own pleasure, to experience the embodiment for their own growth. Yeah. And to help. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so it's sort of like clear someone's next to you being like, "Hello, <laughs> did you not get that lesson? <laughs> Maybe you should look again, <laughs> or whatever." You see, so that's um, in part why they're in embodiment. So okay. and because they're like, because they are embodied, not only do they help just in their beingness through the embodiment. Yeah. And can they physically tell somebody? Humans have this thing with story. Yeah. Okay. We learn a lot through story. Mm -hmm. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. That's how we share experience, etc. So, in their story of their journey, whatever it is, not just this particular person that we're talking about, but any. Yeah. Yeah. We learn. So we start to feel that story's resonance, and it triggers something in us. We're like there's something oddly familiar about what they're saying. Yeah. And it's not my experience, but it's like feels familiar. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. know, it's like we somehow can relate to it. And within their story, it's almost like we kind of can start to move into the possibility of what they experienced. Mm -hmm. Like we remember who we are through them. Yeah. You get a feel for, for the it. resonance. resonance. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's in part what they do. Some of them um, have experienced a lot of forgetting mm -hmm. because there's so much um, oppression and abuse that we have inflicted on our native peoples. Yeah. So in that suffering, a lot of them are holding on to the residents they are, sort of like by their fingernails. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, which is uh, not just terrible for them, but as a collective, as consciousness, it's not serving us as a whole. Yeah. But um, it's hard for them because there's so much suffering around them. They struggle sometimes yeah. to hold that resonance. Yeah. It can be really hard. Right. Yeah. So the other thing that's, you know, in hearing that, because it kind of relates to the point you just made, I'm wondering, 
I've also met um, some elders that are a little bit naughty. Mm-hmm. So, because we have we have different, I feel like we have different layers. Yeah. Because I mean, I've been in ceremony, and I've often found myself thinking, well, "What's the ceremony for?" But this is ancient wisdom. Mm-hmm. So I sit there and well, this is ancient wisdom, though. There's this is important. And some sometimes it really is, and sometimes I'm like, "Well, this is just old." Wisdom, mm-hmm. yeah, and and it's, it feels like it's important to be able to differentiate. You oh, know, absolutely, you've got some elders yep. or even shamans that are a little bit dark. Yeah, yeah, and that happens too. I think that happens in all forms, not just you know the native traditions, no. but even in like the grant, like the greater you know traditions of you know like. Um, and I'm not, please no, I'm not denigrating this culture, but like in the Indian culture or even Chinese cultures, you know, there's like the Eastern cultures that have these ancient wisdoms in there. Mm-hmm. And some of it um, has wisdom and some of it is just an old consciousness, an old form of wisdom that is from the old consciousness that is laden with, you know, um, caste systems, abuse, um, differentiation and power between males and females, like yeah. a whole bunch of stuff that's in there. Yeah. Okay. It's sort of like interwoven. So... Um, whatever it is, I think it's important to discern whatever tradition you're faced with in terms of like wisdom that's being presented to you to discern for yourself, is this for me? To hold your space with it and be like, hmm, okay, this is being presented to me. Is this of a resonance that's like of a higher order? Mm -hmm. And do I want to take this in as true for me? You know, to just take that moment and just be like, well, okay, they're saying this, but I don't know that's true for me. And that's okay. Because part of the wisdom is the discernment for you. And it may be that it's being presented to you in that moment to be able to stand in your own power, to hold your own space, to be like, actually, that's not true for me. Some of this is true for me. Some of this isn't. Yeah. And to leave what doesn't serve you and to take what does. Yeah. And so I think it's really important to um, whatever is being presented to you to ask that question. Mm. And to continue to hold your space, you know, so that, why? To recognize your own authority, you know, your own ability to discern what is, um, feels to you to be of a higher resonance Mm. that you actually want. Because you say, as you say, it's really, it's amazing. A lot of people right now are like throwing themselves at the feet of people who call themselves shamans. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, just because they're a shaman, they're necessarily awake or wise, what are they manipulating? What's, you know, there's a whole bunch of different things, but yeah, we hear the word shaman and all of a sudden it seems like they must know more than us and they must have some access to something that's very special. Yeah. Okay. Or whatever the, the I mean, shaman, teacher, guru, whatever you want to call yeah. it, it doesn't matter, whatever yeah. you want to label someone like this as. You have to be just mindful that to hold your own space, mm. okay, and to just check with yourself and say, okay, well, does this apply to you? Because sometimes, you know, they're very, it can be very sincere, actually. And what they're practicing, as you say, is an ancient mm-hmm. consciousness, mm-hmm. an ancient wisdom. And it's no longer this resonance that will buoy you now. Yeah, that's where I had, I felt that I had to make a critical decision. Yeah. Because it was, I mean, I love ceremony and I love elemental magic, yeah. you know. Um, but to be well-versed in something as opposed to have the resonance of something mm-hmm. is quite different. Totally. Right? Yeah. And 
trying to understand what the ceremony was for, you know, because there's like a repetition of ceremony. If you do ceremony, then somehow you have ancient wisdom. Yeah. You know, and for me, I was struggling with that. It's yeah. like, okay, what, really, what is this all for? For, yeah. Um, and I've, I felt like, just like you say, it came from a time, a consciousness where it was required. Yes. And now I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, it's like maybe at times it is, maybe at it's times not. it isn't. Maybe it was just to help us understand the interconnectedness of everything. Yep. You know, just muddling through all that. Um, so, yeah, from a frequency perspective, I just wanted to understand, do they hold a certain resonance that is helping us elevate us to the next, because we hear that a lot, Mine. that they're, they're anchoring us to a certain resonance mm -hmm. so that we can lift ourselves up to the new consciousness. Yes. So I think that is why a lot of us revere them as well, yes. without actually any kind of, hang on a minute, how am I feeling? feeling? Am mm -hmm. I in resonance with this or am I not? We just, because yeah. we want the new consciousness. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, they, and it's kind of like a form of ex exoticism in a way, like fit like fetishization of them in yeah. a way. You know, it's like, instead of just handing over your power to something that seems exotic and different and like perhaps elevated, yeah. to really scan yourself and see, is this relevant to me now, as you say, yeah. right? And like, why are we doing this? And do these ceremonies still serve us? And why do we have to keep doing it over and over again? And perhaps mm -hmm. they're critical at certain moments to help us see beyond certain things yeah. and to recognize the oneness, to recognize there's more than the physical, that there is a portal to different very powerful forms of um, the unseen, mm -hmm. you know, that is beyond the physical, and there's a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can access it in that way, and why do you want to? Yeah. Why do you want to? And when you have that, what do you think that means about you? You know, there's like all this meaning that we associate to it. Yeah. And so that would be the questions that I would ask. So it's not, so please know, the wisdom keepers are extraordinarily important. Mm -hmm. As you say, they, not all of them, because it's <laughs> funny, who we ascribe to as who we say are wisdom keepers and who are yeah. actually wisdom keepers may not be the same yep. thing. But the ones who are wisdom keepers are extraordinarily important because as they have anchored us and are continuing to anchor us into this resonance into which we are moving because they have not forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, that's vital. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And so um, they're they're very quiet. Actually, the most powerful wisdom keepers I've met are extraordinarily quiet. Oh. They don't need to bring attention to themselves. There's no reason for them to. That's right. At all. Right? Yeah. You know, why? That's not. They they don't function in the same way that we do in terms of like our ego minds, what we desire, all that stuff. Because they recognize who they truly are. They know it like through every fiber of their being. So what is there to prove? Nothing. Yeah. I'm yeah. laughing because, the, you know, the, the elder that we've met, he, he went up one day because he was doing a ceremony to welcome a group of people. And I expected, you know, this tremendous, glamorous kind of a ceremony. Yeah. And we just sat in chairs in a circle in his living room. And he said a couple of things and I was like, that's it. <laughs> that's the ceremony? <laughs> but wait, where's the chiming of this <laughs> and the sage and the... Yeah. Nope. No. Nope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that brings the question, like, why do you need ceremony? Mm -hmm. yeah, right? I kept wondering yeah. that, but yeah. 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 So, so the take on this uh, frequency resonance level mm -hmm. really is the message to take home is they do have a purpose. Absolutely. 
And it's something around reminding us of who we truly are. Yeah. And entrain into that frequency. Yes. And it's also reminding us to hold our space mm -hmm. and always check in with, does this resonate in this moment in time for me to be true? Yes. And I would say the wisdom keepers who are of a higher order, like the gentleman you're speaking of, will not try to get you to do something. Mm. They don't try to control you. There's no like attempt to persuade. Yeah. They don't have to. Yeah. Because he remembers who he is, yeah. right? He knows he's infinite. He knows what he's capable of. Why does he need to make you do that? Yeah. And on and he remembers the oneness. So you're simply an aspect of him. So if someone's tr saying they're a wisdom keeper and trying to get you to do something or convince you of something or whatever, okay, there's some form of aspect of control. Yeah. Please know this is not a wisdom keeper. Yes, they are somebody who is trying to uh, manipulate our our desire for something outside of us that seems more elevated. Yep. So just be aware, that's what I'm saying, hold your space. Because just because someone says there's something, and some of them, you know, can manipulate, like some, it's to manipulate the earth realm. It's a powerful thing. Oh yeah. It is powerful, mm -hmm. right? To, it, 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 and it's not necessarily, I'm not saying it isn't, but it's not necessarily an indication of a higher frequency level being, a being that's awake, a being that is more in line with pure source, that recognizes who they are. Totally. But people confuse those two things. They think, oh, they have abilities, therefore they must be awake. No, 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 no. You can have abilities and not be awake. Yeah. Completely possible. Yeah. So, and I've seen it a lot actually. Yeah. So when, I'm when you and I, I think are talking about wisdom keepers, they can do all kinds of things, but they don't need to show it to you. That's right. Because they have nothing to prove. Yeah. So, yeah. In fact, oftentimes they refuse. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they do refuse because it's not about them trying to convince you. You're coming into your own power. So yeah. there's no reason for them to like pull up the stops and the bells and the whistles and the whatnot. They're not trying to manipulate you. Yeah. yeah. For those of you who are new, we're about to start the Group Frequency Calibration, or GFC. This is the most important part of this episode because it's where we actually do the frequency work and where change is catalyzed. So I invite you to settle in and get comfortable. You can sit, stand, or lie down, or if you prefer to walk around slowly, you could even do that too. If during the GFC you find that you start falling asleep, even if you didn't feel tired when you started, just let yourself drift off. That just means that the frequencies are really high and it's more efficient for you to be asleep to integrate them. If this happens, it's good to listen to the GFC portion again a few times until you can stay awake for the whole thing. That's how you'll know you've integrated those higher resonating frequencies. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find that they go into varying degrees of altered state. Please definitely do not drive while listening to this. Okay, here we go. Welcome everyone to the group frequency calibration for wisdom keepers, ancestors, and the elders. So as discussed in the interview, uh, the wisdom keepers are holding a very high resonance for us to remember who we truly are. So this group frequency calibration meditation is 
uh, intended to start to accelerate your remembering. Now, this is an introductory GFC. However, it will modulate to wherever you are in terms of your frequency resonance. So it will accelerate your trajectory to that remembering of your true essence as big S self or yourself as infinite indestructible consciousness. Okay, so here we go. Settling in. Becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, becoming aware of the weightedness of your body, as you settle into whatever is supporting you. Noticing where you have a lot of ease in your body. Noticing where your body tends to hold. Good. And now please become aware of your back body. So meaning from the crown of your head all the way down the back of your head, the back of your neck, the backs of your arms, your back itself, over your butt, the backs of your thighs, the backs of your knees, all the way down to your heels. Noticing the stretch of the skin, the parts of your back body that bear more weight than others. Yeah. And now please become aware of your breath. So as you become aware of your breath, just noticing it at first, how is it in this moment without changing it? And after you've noticed your breath for a couple of breaths, allowing your breath to deepen, to become much slower, and to take up much more room in your body. Mm -hmm. And as your breath continues to deepen, imagining your breath as if it were a balloon 
expanding and contracting in all directions around you. Starting to cultivate what I call spherical awareness. which is a much higher form of awareness rather than just our normal linear in front of us way of perceiving the world, which is very limited. Good. And now please become aware of your surroundings. And as you become aware of your surroundings, becoming aware of the texture of the air against your skin. Noticing the temperature of the air. Whether the air is crackly and dry or heavy and humid. Noticing if the air has movement. If it feels clear and light today. Or if it's filled with the debris like fog or fog. Just noticing. And then when you're ready, blinking your eyes open and noticing the quality of the light. And as you notice the quality of the light, you're not really looking at anything in particular. Your focus is soft. And the quality of the light changes all the time. Noticing what it is right now. And then with your eyes still open, please triangulate. So for those of you who are new, triangulating means to become aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those inanimate objects are is not important. And as you become aware of these three inanimate objects, noticing the distance between each object and you, and then feel that distance between each object and you. So for example, if object A is the desk, you'd notice that the desk is about six and a half-ish feet to you. And then you would feel the distance between the desk and you. And you would do the same thing for objects B and C. And as you do this for each object, 
your sense of where you are in space will become more clear, precise, focused. Mm -hmm. And whenever you have completed triangulating, blinking your eyes closed and bringing your attention to your heart space in the center of your chest and your nipple line. Bring a hand or some fingers to this point to help you with your focus. And now let's go ahead and take a beat, take a big breath in, holding your breath at the top of your breath for a count of six. And whenever you've completed that six count, releasing your breath, the speed and intensity you prefer, holding your breath out for a count of four. Good. And after you've held your breath for that one long deep breath, just starting to breathe normally. And what we're waiting for is the mastermind to coalesce and become coherent. So whilst we wait for the mastermind to do that, for those of you who are new, please know that I'm working on you at the group and the subgroup level. And that I sometimes work in silence. So it really depends on how high the frequency resonance is. The higher the frequency resonance, and depending on how fast and how high the mastermind is moving, I will sometimes work in silence because those frequency resonances are so high. Because to make physical noise only diminishes the frequency resonance, which doesn't help you, doesn't serve you. I also do make sound. So you may hear me yawn, hum, or exhale sharply. And that's just how I release some of the heavier, stickier distortion patterns. Not always, but often. And if I say something that resonates with you, it's likely a distortion pattern that you are running. And if I say something that you really resist, likely it's a distortion pattern that you are running. So I encourage you to remain open, curious, and to explore further. Good. So now that the mastermind has coalesced, bringing your attention, please, to the very center of your pineal gland, which is the little sphere right in the center of your brain, and also right into the center of the heart space, which is in the center of your chest and your nipple line. So bringing your attention to these two spots, let's ask ourselves the following question to ourselves in our own minds. 
how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again, for those of you who are new, is how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the very center of your body. And as you become aware of this surprisingly vast space, imagining a brilliance from its very core that starts to get brighter and brighter because you have your attention on it. And as this brilliance expands, it expands outwards in all directions through all of yourself. Out through your organs. Through your bones. Out through all of your muscles. Your flesh. And out through the pores of your skin into the space between your physical body and the outer perimeter of your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Noticing the brilliance within the sphere. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm pulling your frequency resonance even higher. So how high your frequency resonance or vibrational level is dictates everything from how you feel, what your reality looks like, and what you experience, how fast you can adapt to change, and how good life feels to you. So this is one of the most important things that we do together. Good. So bringing your attention, please, right into the center of that pineal gland, which is right in the center of your brain. 
Okay, so just imagine a sphere in the center of your brain, wherever that is for you. Mm -hmm. So your pineal gland is like the lens, the projector of your mind. So let's just imagine that your mind is the projector of the rendering that's you. If you don't know what I'm talking about, I do recommend watching episode 97 of the vlog. Your pineal gland is like the lens of that projector. So keeping your attention on this very specific space, you're basically hardwired to continue to perceive the reality in the way that you've always perceived it and that your lineage has always perceived it, okay, as influenced by the distortion patterns of culture and religion. So it's a lot of, let's call it binding. Okay. So in order to have an experience of the remembering of who you truly are, which is what is being held by the resonance of the wisdom keepers and the elders. You have to let go of who you think you are and who you've been told you are and who you're expected to be by yourself and others. So that's a pretty big deal. Okay, so now, you're all at different levels. Some of you are just listening to me for the first time. Others of you have been doing this for a couple of years and you're much more experienced and your resonance is higher. Okay, so wherever you are, this will modulate for you. As you continue to keep your attention here in the very center of your brain, imagining, sensing, or feeling that same brilliance that you imagined before from deep within, starting to expand out through the very center of your brain in all directions. Good. And now bringing your attention into the very center of your heart space. Mm -hmm. 
and also right into the center of your solar plexus. So your solar plexus is between your belly button and the base of your ribs. So finding that center point, wherever that is for you. So what we are doing here is first anchoring you more into the zero point. If you don't know what that is, you can watch episode 151 later. And having you come further into the heart space and expanding your heart field. Your heart field, okay? I know everyone thinks about it as love. But really, your heart field is the bridge between the spirit and the physical. So the clearer, the brighter, the more expanded your heart field, the more able you are to remember who you truly are as embodied consciousness. And you're not doing it because you're trying to look cool or impress anyone or prove anything. It's because you can. And you know that there is this aspect of you that is calling you of a much higher order that you have simply forgotten. bringing your attention to that xiphoid process right at the base of the sternum and about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it in a straight line down towards the belly button, clearing out your pain body. Your pain body carries a memory of who you are or were before the frequency work was done. So by clearing it out and resetting it, it helps you integrate into the higher resonating version of you that you are stepping into. This only takes a couple of seconds. Good. This brings us to the end of this group frequency calibration. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. If the topic of this GFC resonates with you, 
it's very likely that more work than can be provided in this one GFC is needed to clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this one session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support. If you'd like an opportunity to ask me questions in real time, then subscribe to the Spherical Luminosity YouTube channel and click the reminder bell to be notified when I'm about to go on live. For the latest news about upcoming events and to be notified when sessions with me are released, subscribe to our newsletter. Join us and let's rise together.